0: Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the first episode of Creative Breakthrough. I know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, so thank you for picking this one. I really appreciate you giving this podcast a try. In today's episode, I'm gonna talk to you about the vision of this podcast and tell you more about who I am. Every week, I'm gonna interview a successful creative of color and ask them questions about their creative journey. I'm gonna ask them about their accomplishments, their obstacles, and their real-life strategies so that we can utilize them in our own journey. I'll alternate between these interviews and solo episodes where I'm going to dive deep into topics that impact creatives, such as juggling your day job with your creative passion, branding yourself so that people know who you are, and utilizing social media to grow your following. So if you have questions, shoot them my way. You can reach me at info at or message me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at funnybrowngirl. So slide into my DMs, y'all, and tell me what's your favorite flavor of chicken wings. I'm Shireen Kasam, and I'm podcasting to you live from Orlando, Florida, by way of Seattle, Philadelphia, San Francisco, New York, Boston, London, Edmonton, and Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> I know, I know. I got commitment issues. I know. By day, I work in corporate America as a strategist, and at night, I'm usually performing stand-up comedy or working on this podcast. I won't lie if I didn't say comedy is a huge part of my life. I love performing comedy and I've had so many awesome opportunities over the years performing comedy, including being on HBO and even opening for Arsenio Hall. Some of y'all might be too young to know who Arsenio Hall is, but for those of you who are not that young, you want to like chant in unison? No? Okay, that's cool. Anyways, I remember when I first learned what stand-up comedy was. And this was pre-Netflix era, so it wasn't that easily accessible. I mean, you had to put clothes on, you had to put on a pair of pants, you actually had to buy a ticket, and then you had to go and interact with human beings, which was god awful for people like me who don't like to interact with human beings. And so I go to my first comedy show. It's in Harvard Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Totally did not want to go to this show. I don't know why. I was like so anti going to this show. And my friend dragged me to go to the show. And I sat there. And it was a showcase. And there was 10 men who got up on stage one after the other and told jokes about their genitalia and farting and going to the bathroom and just dissing on women. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I cannot believe I'm sitting through this right now. And there was one woman on the show and she was the host, Bethany Van Delft, who is one of the most amazing comedians to this day and still one of my favorites. I don't know why I said to this day. She's one of the most Amazing comedians ever, and I still love her to this day. And she's probably one of my best mentors and in in the game. So, anyways, show ends. I walk up to her and I'm like, "Hey, we need to talk. I want my money back." And she was like, "Excuse me." And I was like, "Yeah, this show was whack. I want my money back." And like, I don't even know why I wanted my money back. I think the show was like fifteen or twenty dollars, and I think I was just like, "No." I don't like to spend my money on things that I don't get any enjoyment out of. I could be using this money to go buy alcohol or something. So, yeah, give me my money back. And she said, listen, slow your roll down. It's not that easy to make someone laugh. So she was like, why don't you go take a class and then you can come back and try it. And you'll see that it's not the easiest thing. And I was like, challenge accepted. So she hooked me up with a comedy class. Shout out to Dana J. Bean, who was my comedy instructor. And I took this class and then I went back to the same club in Harvard Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I got on stage. And when I tell you the blood pumping through my body after that show was amazing, like the thrill of being on stage and having people laugh at you and you being able to share your point of view and your opinions and your vision of the world was just spectacular. That's probably one of the most important reasons that I do stand up comedy is because I have a voice, especially as a Muslim woman living in a post 9-11 America. I was excited that not only did I have a voice now, but I had found my purpose. You may also be wondering, why do I call myself the funny brown girl? Well, when I first started doing comedy, I didn't want anybody to know. And I didn't want anybody to know my real name because I was afraid that somebody from work would find out by Googling me or a client would Google me. I mean, I didn't even tell people what my last name was. I would just go by my first name. I even kept this a secret from my parents, never told my parents I was doing comedy. So I chose the name Funny Brown Girl because I felt, okay, I went to Brown and, uh, well, I'm Brown. So I thought it was clever and it's a great conversation starter and marketing tactic. So I kept using it. But now when I take the stage, I do use my real name, including my last name. A bit more about me, I went to Brown University with a bachelor's in economics and international relations. My end goal was to go work for a prestigious company that paid me enough money to pay off my student loans and become a C-level executive. My first job out of college was a consulting job where I visited every random city in America and slept in a different hotel room every night of the week for almost a year. And I was like, yeah, this is not how I want to spend my life. So I changed jobs and I went to a Boston-based consulting firm that required no travel. And this is when I discovered my creative side. I began performing stand-up comedy, which led me to taking improv classes and even creative writing courses. And I've never felt more alive in my life. And I was probably in my mid-20s at this point. And you're probably thinking, wow, it took you that long to find your creative side? Yes, because I came from an immigrant family where I had three career options that I was allowed to pursue. I could be a lawyer, a doctor, or business person. There was no time growing up to even fathom asking my parents to try the arts. I mean, I remember in in middle school, there used to be plays and there'd be auditions, and my mom would just be like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I got casted in one play, and that's only because I was the only brown person in the classroom, so I had to play the Indians in the Pilgrim and Indians play. Like, that's the only reason I had the acting role that I had. But even then, it was like not something that I was supposed to take seriously. So this is also why I never told my parents I was doing stand-up comedy. However, I started doing stand-up comedy, loving it, like loving it. I mean, I don't even know a stronger word than loving right now. Sadly, my newfound passion didn't last long. I got laid off during the recession. Then my parents discovered that not only was I unemployed, but I was also pursuing stand-up comedy and they were not impressed. I mean, it was probably one of the worst phone calls I've ever had with my parents. Like, there, there was silence on the phone. There was yelling. There was screaming. The next day was my birthday. They didn't even call me to wish me happy birthday. It was bad. And they demanded that I begin applying to business school. My mom really struggled with the whole idea of me performing stand-up comedy because she thought I was stripping. So I had to explain to her that, yeah, well, mom, strippers make more money. So you don't have to worry about that. I applied to business school. I went to Wharton at the University of Pennsylvania. I was back on my corporate journey to become a C-level executive. My dreams of comedy and creative writing came to a halt. While I was in business school, I actually I did dabble in a little bit of creativity. I made a few short animated films. One of them almost failed me out of school. Uh, So I quickly learned that business school wasn't the best place to express my creative side. After graduating, I moved to Seattle again for a position that came with prestige, status, stock shares, and a great paycheck because, you know, I had to keep paying my best friend, Sally Mae. Like that was not going away. She is a nag, y'all. Whether a blessing or a curse, I ended up having to quit my job because I couldn't get the time off to attend my sister's wedding. So I peaced out, moved back home to Orlando. After 12 years, I moved back into my parents' house and I started the job search again. But this time it was different. This time, I made time to go perform comedy again. And for the first time in years, I felt that feeling of being alive, of finding my passion again, of finding my purpose in life. And it was so amazing because this time around, when I did comedy, so many opportunities that I never imagined came to my doorstep, including doing radio, acting, and speaking. And it's through all these endeavors in my life that I met so many amazing people who provided me with motivation, inspiration, and strategies to win. Similar to the mentors that I'd been accumulating in corporate America to talk to me about my journey and promotions and bouncing ideas with me, I was now creating a tribe of mentors across TV, film, radio, literature, music, to talk to me about their influences, their challenges, and how they made it. I began searching for more people in the creative space across business, entertainment, fashion, design, and the arts, who were willing to be real with me and share their stories. I was really focused on finding people who looked like me, people from immigrant families, people who faced similar struggles and obstacles of being judged by their race, their ethnicity, their religion. And now I want to share these stories with you and other creatives who are on their journey. So if you like what you're hearing, episode two with Tina Mabry is ready for you to listen. If you don't know, Tina Mabry is awesome she's a writer director producer of hit shows such as power queen sugar insecure and queen of the south i mean this woman does it all she's contributed to the screenplay of the hit movie the hate you give which is actually in movie theaters now y'all should check it out tina's going to share with you how she went from a potential law student to one of the most admired women in the industry today give it a listen and let me know what you think now go flex your creative muscle and keep winning Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, a.k.a. iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at FunnyBrownGirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.